This is the Child Welfare Information Gateway Podcast, a place for those who care about strengthening families and protecting children. You'll hear about the innovations, emerging trends, and success stories across child welfare, direct from those striving to make a difference. This is your place for new ideas and information to support your work to improve the lives of children, youth, and families. So when we talk about primary prevention of child maltreatment in the child welfare sense, we are really talking about taking the steps to make sure children and families avoid coming into contact with the child welfare system in the first place. So we're not talking about child protective services as much as we're talking about family strengthening and stabilization. Welcome into the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast. I'm Tom Oates, and really glad you could join us for today's episode. Now, strengthening families to create a safe and stable home for children can mean a number of things, from parenting skills, a stable environment, uh, to financial management, and more. So with all of these needs, communities are working to connect families with local resources that provide support. And there are community-based centers where all of this collaboration and organization happens all across the country. However, as we just mentioned, we're not specifically talking about child protective services. These prevention efforts can and are being organized and managed by various state and county agencies. And that's because the benefits that children and families are seeing through these collaborative support centers, they span well beyond child welfare and impact things like health, family stabilization, and education. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, delivering prevention services through education. See, Pennsylvania's community collaborations come in the form of what are called family centers. Now, this network of family centers has been in place for a number of years and spans across the entire state. However, recently, the family center's network's management and operations was recently moved to under the state's Office of Child Development and Early Learning. Again, strong and stable families not only lead to reductions of child maltreatment, but also support other positive outcomes, including stronger learning and development in young children. Now, what is interesting is not only how the Office of Child Development and Early Learning organizes and, and manages all of this, and you're going to hear the, the, uh, the acronym OCDEL, that's what the Office of Child Development and Early Learning stands for. Not only are you going to hear about how they support the state's family center network, but also how family centers work together. So we are able to bring a handful of folks together to talk about the actual networking within the Family Center Network. So we're going to be joined by Andrew Dietz from the state's Office of Child Development and Early Learning to talk about the statewide support of the Family Centers. Ashley Mensch is the director of the Columbia County Family Center, and that's in a much more rural part of Pennsylvania. Laura Bosnack-Thompson, she's the director of the McKeesport Family Center. Now, that is one of a series of family centers in Allegheny County, and that includes Pittsburgh and is the state's second most populated county. So that series of family centers in Allegheny County is coordinated within a region-wide education service agency called the Allegheny Intermediate Unit. So there is a specific coordination and collaboration within those family centers. And Larry Klinger, he is from 
the Allegheny Intermediate Unit, and so he will be joining us as well. So we will talk about how the state supports the Family Center Network, how a rural family center maintains its partnerships and collaboration to provide services to families, and we'll dive into a network within a network and looking how each of the family centers within Allegheny County share services with each other. Now again, these prevention services are all operated under the state's Office of Child Development and Early Learning, but it opens us up to thinking about prevention in the wider scope outside of Child Protective Services, and how so many systems are interrelated, and how dealing with the root causes of prevention are actually the same root causes of so many other factors that put stress on children and families. Lots to dive into, so let's dive in to talk prevention, community collaboration, and education. All right, well, let's get right into it in what's going on in Pennsylvania. And, and Andrew Dietz, let me bring you in first here. Talk to me about what the, the state's objectives were when they shifted the entire family center network uh, and promoting responsible fatherhood as well into Ockdale, into the Office of Child Development and Early Learning. What were they really looking for here? Sure. So it is actually part of uh, the governor, the current Governor Wolf's proposal, uh, part of his Government That Works goal. It was decided through that to shift the family centers and promoting responsible fatherhoods from the Office of Children, Youth and Families, OCYF, to the um, Office of Child Development and Early Learning, which we refer to as Ockdale. Um, family centers are already aligned with the other home visiting and family support programs we housed within Oakdale, which included um, early intervention, which sometimes has a home visiting component, uh, our maternal infant and early childhood home visiting grant, our nurse family partnership, and our uh, children's trust fund for the other programs we already housed. Um, the, the family centers and uh, promoting responsible fatherhood moved into Oakdale under the Bureau of Early Intervention Services and Family Supports. Um, all state family, all state funded family centers in Pennsylvania use uh, evidence-based home visiting programs, parents as teachers, and the leadership at Oakdale and OCYF felt that the family centers and fatherhood programs would be a better fit and have better access to supports being a part of Oakdale's suite of family support programs. Um, and it's also possible that some of the families may be receiving services through multiple programs Oakdale offers. Oakdale also oversees um, early childhood uh, child care centers and, and um, subsidy and some other, other uh, so they may be receiving services through those as well. Um, and they felt that it would be better integration amongst all of those services for early childhood and, and, um, and families who need to access the, those type of uh, services and also allow us to share information if needed. So it's clearly a sense of, you know, let's get the right staff, the right infrastructure to support this. And if, and if you're able to really um, handle a number of different services for families and Octel has those kind of abilities and that past history, you can make, make sense of let's get, make sure the services are, are being delivered in a method and in a way that's going to be feasible and that's going to be efficient and that's, you know, that you've got some history in. So that makes complete sense, you know, where it's not necessarily an education-based initiative, but it's a family support services need and that, you know, system-wide can affect in terms of outcomes, positive outcomes, you know, across the board for a family. So let's dive into a little bit more of the actual management. So in terms of supporting the, the entire family center and network, What's the role that Octel then plays in support for each of these uh, family centers? Sure. So um, our role really, I think, is to help facilitate and integrate the family centers and fatherhood programs into our existing suite of programs.
programs, which I alluded to earlier. Um, just to make a brief mention, Octel is both um, the Department of Education and Human Services in Pennsylvania, so it's overseen by both. It's a unique agency amongst states. I think there's only two or three other states that have that um, situation. So really for the family centers and fatherhood programs, uh, going back a little bit before they even came to Octel, um, myself and some of the other staff from Octel and the Pennsylvania Key, who's one of our partners, uh, went out and did a tour of almost all of the family centers and fatherhood programs over the summer to see what they really needed and understand the services they were provided and, and how we can help them moving forward. Um, and also to see what work they were offering beyond the work that supported through the state to get an idea of what other services were available to our families in, in other um, receiving other Octel services as well. Um, so I mentioned uh, Octel uses a business partner, the PA Key, to provide monitoring and implementation oversight for many of the, the uh, family centers and fatherhood programs, uh, for all of them. Um, after the tour, we worked with those two, we have two specialists through the key, Ashley and Heather, uh, to develop some monitoring processes um, for the family centers and fatherhood programs. And we're still to this day uh, tweaking them as we learn more and as we get feedback from the family centers and fatherhood. Um, Octel also serves now um, all of the family centers and fatherhood programs have a direct point of contact with Ashley and or Heather. So they're able to um, reach out to them and if they have any concerns or any questions and get direct feedback from the state, which is something I don't um, believe they had access to before. So it gives them always one point of contact. Um, and then in addition, <laughs> additionally, they uh, will receive a eventually a fiscal site visit and audit, which will um, help them as well. That's something we do for all of our programs. They haven't received those yet. And that's also through our, our partner at the, the key does that as well for us. Um, and then I uh, want to make a brief note that our partnership with um, EITA, which is Early Intervention Technical Assistance in, in Pennsylvania, through um, the Family Centers and Fatherhood programs moving over, we've um, actually been able to provide trainings on the Ages and Stages questionnaire, um, trainings through partnerships with the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Domestic Violence, um, trainings on um, home visitor safety, uh, various trainings to the, the family centers and various topics that they've requested through the um, since they've came over in July. So, yeah, give me a sense of the time frame. When did Octel actually take over? So how, you know, how, how new has this process been? Uh, July 2017 is when the programs were officially transferred over. And prior to that is, is when I did the, the tour in, in the summer for the most part. So we're really looking at, you know, just about um, a, a year from, from now. And so from your take, from the state's perspective, uh, what's that first year been like in terms of, of you know, necessarily the, the outcomes or what you're hearing back from the family center networks, from the entire network? I think it's been positive. I mean, we, we definitely have more work to do and, and to listen and to, to further refine some of our processes, such as our site visit processes and other stuff. But I, I think um, overall, we've had a positive first year. They appreciate that you know, um, me as representative of the state and some of my other staff were able to come out and visit them and appreciate that we, we attend their um, their steering meetings, which I believe you're discussing a little later with some of the, uh, the family centers on, and um, and been able to provide those those trainings, which a lot of them have have uh, attended and. and you utilized. Right. And so Ashley and Lori, we want to bring you in. You guys are kind of on the other end of that equation as family center directors. Uh, explain to me a little bit about where the change has been. What's it been like over this past year in terms of now being uh, under Octel and working with Andrew and his team? The benefit of being able to network 
with programs like ours is is has been has been great because uh, we all share the same goal and prevention uh, piece. You know, with the child abuse cycle, neglect, um, kids getting an early head start in life, so they become successful adults. Uh, and incorporating it, the Ochdell has a variety. You know, with diversity of the family support centers, like the rural areas and the city. So we're, we're um, and we all have shared the same common struggles. So I enjoy, um, Octel has provided us with opportunities, with the trainings, with the webinars um, that we can all relate to. And they've ensured our support and our connections. We have a name and a face now. They welcomed us in, the transition went well. Um, like I was telling my supervisor, whenever I was doing my other reports to the state, I didn't know who they went to. I never received any feedback. I did so much work on that to share what we were doing in our family center, in our community, never heard anything. So now, um, Andrew and Ashley, they've, they've come to our center, they met our staff, they met our families, and that makes a huge difference, you know, in that welcoming piece. And again, reading our reports, actually calling us and talking about, wow, I like what you wrote about this or that. And, you know, having interest and investment in that. And that's, that's important to me. I have a connection now where I had a disconnect with the other um, when we were reporting back to our state. Um, so that's what I like. They care about what we're doing. We give our newsletters to them. They read the newslet our newsletter. So that's good. And the reporting is, is great. I really enjoy, well, not enjoy, but uh, the, the reporting, the quarterly reports, the monthly reports, it's, it's you know, it's simple and it's, it, you know, accessible and it's going really well. And I'm, so, I'm glad to be under Opto. So what are those reports telling you then? What are you getting out of that that helps you in your day-to-day -day work? Um. It keeps us on task of, of the families that we serve and what's going on and how we can improve as well, like the, uh, serving families more with disabilities um, where we've always struggled. So now we're going to incorporate maybe more sub parent support groups um, for families that have children with disabilities or, you know, cognitive delays, um, mental health issues where they need more more support. So I did find that out because we have to report on that. So, and that's one area where I'm lacking that we are going to work on and do more. Um, and then giving our narrative pieces of our family success, successes where I can share that and reflect back, you know, and then um, share it with my staff to see how we're doing and how we're improving, progressing or areas what we need to, to work on. You know, so that's very valuable. And so, Ashley, does this sound familiar? Is it is it uh, something that you could, uh, what Lori's saying, does that resonate with you uh, in Columbia County? Absolutely. Um, it's been wonderful uh, having, um, so Heather is my TA. So we have, uh, we started out with monthly calls and now bi-monthly calls. So she just checks in to see if we have any training needs um, to explain the reports. If she had a question about uh, something that we put on our quarterly report, she will ask me to get more information. So again, I totally agree with um, Laura in that, you know, before you never heard anything, you didn't know if you were giving the right information. You didn't know if 
you were reporting the same thing mm-hmm. as other family centers. And it's just nice that someone's reading them, someone's caring and there to offer support. Um, in addition to that, I have multiple um, grant funds from Oxdell. So I receive um, maternal infant early childhood home visitation grant. We get a child uh, children's trust fund grant and now the family center grant through them as well as fatherhood. And it's just nice that we have one point of contact. I don't need to tell my story 10 times to 10 different people, have 10 site visits, 10 people calling, asking for the same information. Um, and, you know, that was feedback that we gave to Octel and they listened to us. And that's just a good feeling that, you know, your, our voice was heard and that they appreciate the time that we take and know that our time is precious. From my vantage point, it clearly sounds like that the actual part of the network and family center network is really coming into play. And if you've got an organization within a state that's got that sort of infrastructure where they're used to supporting uh, various communities and used to having those communities kind of you know working amongst each other and share best practices, being able to then transfer something like the family center network under that similar organization, you know, in, in Pennsylvania's case, it happens to be Octel, but then you can kind of see the support for each of those individual, you know, family centers are, are across a state, no matter how diverse the regions may be, just getting that support, that that understanding, that information sharing. It sounds like that even though it hasn't necessarily changed, you know, the, the day-to-day work you do, but it then supports it across the way a lot more than you may have had before. Am, am I reading that right? Yeah, absolutely. So let me now move this a little bit more into specifically toward Pennsylvania. And so what I want to do is kind of give the audience a little sense of the network within a network. And so Lori is in Allegheny County, the uh, the second most populated county uh, in the state. It encompasses Pittsburgh and it's, it's you know, more than a million people live in the county. And so Lori's family center is McKeesport Family Center, and it's one of many in Allegheny County. And that's a network in amongst itself. And when we talk about education, we talk about Octel, and yes, we're talking about, you know, um, childhood development and early learning. But within Allegheny County, and, it, and just because Allegheny County has what's called an intermediate, you know, intermediate unit, an Allegheny um, uh, intermediate unit is one of like 29 intermediate units across the states. So we're diving into how Pennsylvania operates here. That intermediate unit is an educational support service array. And underneath that intermediate unit are all the family centers within Allegheny County. Now, I've done a pretty bad job kind of butchering that explanation, which is why Larry Klinger is here with us. And so, you know, Larry, give me a sense from your position within the AIU. How is that Allegheny Intermediate Unit connecting with with all the family centers within Allegheny County? Okay, thanks, Tom. Uh, Yes, the Allegheny Intermediate Unit, or as we refer it to as the AIU-3, is just part, is one part of the Pennsylvania uh, public education system. Uh, Like you said, one of 29 intermediate units across the state. Um, Our our organization provides specialized educational services uh, to the Allegheny County's 42 school, uh, suburban school districts, five career technical centers. Uh, we employ approximately 1,500 educators uh, at 420 sites and operate 11 family centers and three schools uh, for exceptional children. Uh, we offer about 130 to 140 uh, different programs and services uh, for infants, young children, students, and adults. Um, 
and many of our programs go to other counties. Uh, I know that we touch at least 13 other counties with some of the different programs uh, that we offer. Um, so we are the lead agency for 11 state-funded family centers. There's actually 26 family centers in Allegheny County, uh, the other ones being funded uh, by Allegheny County Department of Human Services. Um, and really how we interact with them is that as a lead agency, listening to all family centers and the parents and the families that are involved with the family centers is finding out what they need. Um, I mean, the good news, if you would, or the bad news, uh, is that we're a large organization. Um, but we are an umbrella organization with 130 uh, different programs that we have. Uh, it's allowing us to connect families, connect children, connect parents, if you would, with the other uh, programs that we have just within our division, and there are six divisions at the Allegheny Intermediate Unit from early childhood, family and community services, teaching and learning programs that focus more on K through 12, special education and pupil services, informational technology that worked with uh, the school district as well as uh, human resources and labor relationships and finance and business offices. But within just our uh, division, which is early childhood, family and community education services, some of the other programs that we can connect uh, the families, the children's with includes DART, which is our early intervention uh, services. So if a family development specialist is doing a screening on one of the children uh, and a developmental delay is identified, it's a natural connection to move them into the DART program or their, another program. Uh, we have early Head Start and Head Start, pre-K counts. Uh, we have the education for children and youth experiencing homelessness. So if a family is identified as uh, couch surfing or living with another family, we want to make sure that those children uh, are insured uh, that they have access to the same free and appropriate public, uh, public education. And we have staff there that make those connections with all the different school districts. You know, if you want to take a, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, you are, you're, you're listening, you're listening all of these various services. And, you know, I just want to stress to the audience again, when we start talking about prevention, we are talking about, you know, before a family gets involved in the child welfare system. And we know there are so many factors that can lead to, you know, negative outcomes. And so all of the things that are happening through the Allegheny Intermediate Unit or through these family centers are to support and stabilize and strengthen the family, whether it's job training or whether it's you know dealing with home dealing with a housing issue or dealing with parenting skills they all support a student but yet at the same time this you know promotes a, a great deal of prevention you know you kind of see how all of these root causes deal with all of these other negative outcomes and so if you're able to deal with the root cause and you're you know you may focus on one area be it healthcare or be it education or be it job training 
but it seems to have this cascading effect across the kind of human services spectrum because you know a family isn't just about a house. A family isn't just about a job. And so, you know, Larry, what you guys are doing is trying to kind of pair up. If I'm hearing you right, you pair up the family with whatever need you can, you know, meet, knowing that it's going to have positive outcomes across the board. And that is correct. I mean, that doesn't include the adult education we have and the fatherhood program, but it's making those connections, even outside of the intermediate unit with other social services agencies, so that there's a coordinated care, if you would, for those families so that we're all not trying to do the same thing. Some agencies do things better than the other ones. And it's really having those open lines of communications so we find out what's best for that child what's best for that family. And so Andrew talked about how the state, how Octel works with the entire family center network. How is that similar or even different from how, you know, AIU3 is working with the family centers within Allegheny County? Again, um, that comes down to really leadership and listening to the needs of the individuals that we're working with at the family centers. If you think about, you know, going back to leadership, we, we have open communications, not just within the intermediate unit, but with the other agencies that we work with. Um, we have the opportunity to play in a great sandbox and uh, we don't want to throw sand at other people. Uh, so it's really just being able to work together uh, not having any hidden agendas, if you would. Um, how we support them, and you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but if you look at Allegheny County as a whole and all the different players in there, first off at the intermediate unit, all of our program directors get together on a monthly basis and talk about highlights that are going on and address any needs uh, or any concerns that they're having. And if there's an opportunity to cross over, um, we put it on the table and we generate ideas. In the same manner, uh, with all the family centers that we have, the 11 family centers, we get together with them uh, on a monthly basis and pretty much do the same thing because it's a little bit um, more grassroots. It's them working directly with the uh, children as well as the families. Um, and then looking at what Allegheny County Family Supports uh, System has put together through the Department of the Allegheny County Department of Human Services. But there's just so much opportunity to connect, such as with the Family uh, Support Policy Board, which is made up of parents from all 26 family centers. And they get together on a, on a regular basis and discuss issues. To talking about community voices, uh, roundtable, which is all the lead agencies coming together, the site directors networking meetings, family development specialist networking meetings, and partnering with the University of Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh Office of Child Development to do training um, when it's identified um, as a deficit so we can address it to better serve the uh, families that we have at the uh, family centers. So in all of this coordination and collaboration and, and just kind of the, the, the deep Rolodex, and I don't know if people still use Rolodexes anymore, but I mean this deep contact list that you have, um, if you were to start from scratch and start all over again, because there may be other jurisdictions or other, you know, other communities that think, hey, we need to kind of get all, our, all of our neighbor partners together. What's the biggest key that you would tell somebody for success to mimic something like this? Definitely come to the table willing to partner. Um, don't have hidden agendas. Again, it's what's best 
for the families that we serve. We all serve uh, a lot of the same families, but what's best for the family? Don't come with a hidden agenda. Uh, have open communications and be willing to give up some things to get more. I think that was those are about the three big tips that I would I would talk to people about. And so, Lori, you are actually you know, on boots on the ground, you know, one of the family centers underneath the, the AIU-3. And uh, so explain to me for, for you at McKeesport, so how are you working together as part of this network with those other family centers? Um, as I didn't want to repeat what Larry says, but coordinating with the, the Office of Child Development for the, the meetings there, our leadership meetings at the AIU. Um, we also coordinate, um, I'm the lead for the Southwestern region that's under the family center network so we get together um, every other month and meet with uh, the AIU family centers as well as um, family centers from Somerset County um, Bedford uh, the southwest region but we coordinate there and we share ideas and programming um, we're always in constant communication for if we referring a family if a family moves out of our service area, going to Claire and Duquesne, we always do a warm handoff. Um, we connect with the director, we give a name for them. But also what we do differently in McKeesport is, um, I belong to Mon River Fleet Lions Club. And we service not only McKeesport, but Braddock, Duquesne, um, and Clarenton. So we, at the end of the year, we have money that we fundraise. So we get $1,000 from the Mon River Fleet Lines Club and we distribute um, gift cards for Barnes and Nobles to the family centers and the Head Starts in that Mon Valley area. And we also, um, with our SHIP, our State Health Improvement Plans, we have events. I lead the Youth Logic model so we do um, a pop-up and play event. We have a spring around story time, which is a literacy event. So again, I incorporate the other family centers, invite them to partner in uh, with our events that we do in the community. Yeah, I was I was going to actually ask about that, you know, inters family center partnership where you may have services and partnerships or collaboratives in your own backyard. Are you sharing those along the way? Because is it one of those where uh, my strengths are shared with the other family centers, and you're and you're able to kind of be efficient with the services you provide? Yes, because we it's not like. When we have our events in collaboration, I don't want to say, oh, this is only geared for McKeesport, McKeesport Family Zoning. You live in Duquesne, you live in Clare, and you live in Elizabeth. No, you're not invited. Where we encompass, we invite all, you know, for our for our community things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a strength in that network that you guys are now exactly. working. Not as individuals, not but really. <laughs> <laughs> McKeesport only, you know, we, we share. Well, you know, here's this big theme that's coming out here from this conversation, be it with Andrew and Octel or what Larry just talked about and, and you just brought in as well about, you know, it's not necessarily a neat tool or it's not necessarily a different process, but it's the commitment to each other. It's the commitment to staying alert, staying engaged, staying informed and sharing not only with yourselves, but then clearly with the families as it as it just moves right down to, to those you serve. Absolutely. And I think a lot of our um, leadership uh, leaders, uh, site directors, we've been together for over 10 years. So we have relationships built. And um, 
in staff and you know that makes a difference too in working together it's it's more easily to work together we, yeah and it breaks down silos it breaks down barriers um so ashley of course is not in allegheny county but as part of the Family Center Network, Ashley, you are now in Columbia County. Give us a sense of the difference between, you know, Allegheny County, the second largest uh, populated county in the state, to where you are and how the needs for your families may be different and how you guys go about it in terms of providing services. Um, yes. Yeah. So we're not housed under an intermediate unit. Um, the county is the agency that runs us. Um, but. We pretty much operate on our own. We are the only family center here in Columbia County. Um, but the avenue that we take to uh, collaborate with other partners in the community um, is our Columbia County Human Services Coalition. Um, and way back in 1992, the Columbia County Human Services Coalition started the family center uh, here in Columbia County. It was one of their priorities priority areas that we needed to get services out to those families um, who might not have the access to early childhood education, who don't have the ability to travel somewhere to get help. Um, so they saw this as a need and our, our services started in one of a, the small rural county or school districts, Benton School District um, in 1992. And we were one of the original pilot programs in the state. Uh, since then, we have grown to cover all six uh, Columbia County school districts. And we still uh, utilize the Columbia County Human Services Coalition to identify needs, to share programs that we're offering, um, and just, again, to find out what the needs are in the community and how we can work together um, to solve them. We've all found that, you know, funding is cut um, and we have to be creative in how we can still provide the best services to the families that we are serving. And so our coalition meets every month um, and everyone's given the opportunity to um, give updates around the table. So it's nice that you can share information and then we get information from those other agencies to take back and share with all of our staff so that everybody is kept up to date on what's happening in the community. Um, and it, it seems like, you know, you're, you've been part of this community for, you know, I've worked here for 10 years and you think, oh, I, there's nothing I don't know. And it's just amazing how you walk away from one of those meetings, always having new information. So again, I just, you know, want to highlight too what Larry and Lori said that, you know, staying um, active and being willing to sit at the table and talk to other people is the best way to serve families and figure out what, what is needed. Yeah. From what Lori was describing in terms of the partnerships in her own backyard and in with the Allegheny Intermediate Unit, you, you get the sense that there's this big network of people all working together and it's hustle and bustle because there's so much and there's so, you know, the resources must be abundant in such a large county. Of course, that's not the case. But then in hearing from where you are in a much more rural part of the state, you know, my first thought was, well, there wouldn't be as many services and you'd got to have to maintain these partnerships and, and try to find where they are. But in you talking about this coalition, does that remind you of the same things that you're hearing from Lori and Larry about what's happening in Allegheny County, about just getting enough folks in the room and being effective partners? Absolutely. As they were talking, I was like, well, it's the exact same thing we do here in our county. It's just run through the intermediate unit here. It's just a group of human service coalition partners that get together, you know, that have an interest in finding out what's going on in the community and how we can work better together. Um, 
it, it, it is. It's just amazing. I've worked in other counties in Pennsylvania, and just to see how well um, the agencies work together in this community, it really makes a difference in the services that you can provide to families. Uh, it helps us um, because Nurse Family Partnership sits at the table, Head Start, and some other programs, early intervention. So when we're sitting at a meeting and hearing about services, those connections automatically happen like, oh, I have a family that would be perfect. And those transitions happen naturally um, because, you know, we're aware of what's going on with other agencies. You know, there's such a correlation here because when we talk about prevention and we talk about providing a variety of services to a family for strengthening and stabilization, it's almost a case of that's what makes this network effective is strong partnerships and, and strong services within each other. And as much as we're emulating that for a family to keep them strong and stable, this is how the services are able to be strong and stable by sharing, by working together. And as you walk in with that family first mentality of we're doing everything for the family, no one's walking in and saying, well, these are my services, my services only. It sounds like from what I'm hearing that this network in amongst itself is doing the same thing of I'm not walking in in my little fiefdom, but we're here together and we're here sharing. I, it, does that resonate of just a wonderful structure of how you get things done, be it for a family or be it for your own network? Yeah, absolutely. And again, we've all found that when you work in a silo, uh, you're not going to get very far. Um, we, as I said before, we all have limited resources. So it's really nice to have people to reach out to when you're struggling. This family has a need and we can't help them here at our agency, but I have lots of people that I can reach out to and say, Hey, do you have something, you know, I know I haven't heard anybody talk about this. Does anybody offer this or is this an area where we need to focus on in our community to get services started? Um, so that's really nice. And in addition to the family center, I can just give you some examples of the other um, accomplishments that our coalition has made. We have developed a free dental clinic, a free um, volunteer and medicine clinic for those families that do not have um, access to health insurance. Um, we have also put together uh, early childhood conference because that was a need our local um Daycare providers and preschools were sharing that, you know, they're responsible for caring for these kids, but they can't travel far away um, to get the training hours that are required of them. So our coalition got a group of early childhood um, practitioners together, and we have a conference here in Columbia County that all local people come to. Um, so it's just really nice. Uh, nurse Family Partnership was also developed um, or kind of obtained through the coalition as well. So it's just more than just the family center. Um, us all working together have uh, accomplished a lot of great things. There's just such a great lesson here about, like Larry said, coming to the table with, with an open mind and a, and a willingness to help. And you, all of this, again, like you were just talking about, those may be other or different examples, but they all support a strong and stable family, which helps, you know, as we talk about the goal in this area, be it prevention or be it healthcare or be it housing or be it anything that keeps that family strong and supports those children uh, along the way. Hey, this has been a great example of from the state level or at the county level or at the local level, be it, be it rural or urban, of how partnerships come together and how a community comes together to support those families. So, hey, Ashley at Lori, Larry, Andrew, I, I appreciate your time, appreciate the energy that you guys are, are sharing with, e, with me and uh, being guests here on the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast. Thank you. 
If you want to learn a bit more about what we talked about, we've put links to the Allegheny Intermediate Unit and the Pennsylvania Office of Child Development and Early Learning's website on this podcast webpage. Just go to acf.hhs.gov cb and search podcasts. We'll also point you to the April issue of Children's Bureau Express. The theme for that particular issue focused on prevention and includes a passionate statement from Dr. Jerry Milner. He's the Associate Commissioner of the Children's Bureau, and he points to the need of greater primary prevention work across child welfare. CBX also includes a neat look at some cost-benefit analysis for two primary prevention programs. So we'll uh, have a link to CBX. I'll also encourage you and we'll have links to visit the National Child Abuse Prevention Month microsite and the 2018 Prevention Resource Guide. Both have a focus on building strong communities to support prevention efforts. Now, this is one of a handful of podcasts that uh, we're launching that dive into various examples of community collaborations. And these are all recipients of community-based child abuse prevention grants. But the methods, from revising community collaborative contracts in Washington, D.C., to developing specific trainings to connect faith or business or education or the healthcare sectors all within Iowa, we explore that. We also explore how TANF is a channel to provide prevention services in Oregon, and that's to provide support to families before they may even enter the child welfare system. So thanks again to Andrew Dietz, Ashley Mensch, Laura Bosnack-Thompson, and Larry Klinger for joining us today on the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast, and my thanks to you for being a part of this as well. I'm Tom Oates, and that's today's episode, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Child Welfare Information Gateway podcast. Child Welfare Information Gateway is available at childwelfare.gov and is a service of the Children's Bureau, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Administration for Children and Families. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Information Gateway or the Children's Bureau.